Everyone seems to have this fake it till you make it mentality, mm -hmm. not realizing that once you sell your soul and decide that you're going to be fake, yeah. it never ends. Nobody can help mm -hmm. what you faking. Yep. And that's the majority. My business is my business, but it's really mm -hmm. not my business because I don't own the building. Right. I would tell anybody this. Child care is 20% skill, 80% hustle. Yeah. A number of daycare centers struggling to find workers. COVID is having lingering effects when it comes to staffing. Well, I cannot open this location right now, and not because the kids aren't here, and not because parents aren't ready, it's because I don't have the staff. The day is finally here. The day of the 2023 Galentine's Day Gala Award Show. Jerisha White, the creator and founder of the Galentine's Day Gala, which is the premier award show for women in business across the United States. So we highlight and award all of the amazing women doing boss things in their industry, like the Grammys for women in business. So many women who are really making strides in their industry fly under the radar. If you're not associated with somebody that has celebrity or yep. somebody that has millions of followers, people may not even patronize your business or they'll look over you like you don't even exist because you don't have a name. another episode of the ghetto ceo podcast where we keep it raw and unfiltered behind being a ceo y'all because i'm sick of them telling y'all about the g-wagons and the hundred thousand dollar lines of credit but not telling y'all about the tears that we be crying at night okay and so this podcast is to give you a glimpse and some ceos that's really making waves but they're also being transparent about what's happening behind the scenes like we are grateful for the businesses that we've built but i want you to know the Tears we've cried to get here, right? And so I want you, if you're loving this podcast, if you're loving it, I need you to go over to Apple Podcasts. Listen, even if you watch it on YouTube, go over there to Apple Podcasts, make sure you download it, make sure you leave a review, because that is how we know that we're doing a good job, but we also let the streets know that we're doing a good job. Now, listen, my guest today is going to be so amazing, and we've been like Instagram DM friends for so long. Um, you've probably seen her all over Instagram with the Galentine's Day ball and all the things, but she is also a boss behind the scenes taking care of your kids. Okay, Miss Sherry J, welcome Hello. to the studio. Thank you. <laughs> How Thank are you. you? I'm good. Thank you. Listen, I'm excited for this interview. I'm excited too. This is gonna be fun. Now, listen, they don't. I don't even know if they know that you really like that girl in childcare. But no, I, I got a question to ask. Uh huh. How many kids you done had to beat up? <laughs> well, you did say we were keeping it raw and real right now. <laughs> I haven't had to beat up any kids yes. just yet, just but yet, I ain't, like yet. I can't forecast the future. Yes, no. Yes, no, I love it. Tell them who you are and your okay. business. All right, so I'm Sherry J. I am a childcare guru. Is like what I like to call myself. I've been in business going on 16 years. I own a plethora of childcare centers throughout the Metro Atlanta area and one in South Florida that I do silent partnership in. I'm also the creator and founder of the Galentine's Day Gala, which is the premier award show for women in business across the United States. So we highlight and award 
all of the amazing women doing boss things in their industry. We like the Grammys for women in business. So. Period. Yeah. It's definitely giving Grammys, it okay? <laughs> because, listen, Sherry J, y'all be flying in on helicopters, <laughs> coming in like, oh, Beyonce, coming, popping in from the ground with the red everywhere. We do. Listen, how did you think about the Galentine's Day Gala? Well, you know, honestly, so many women who are really making strides in their industry fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those situations where it's like, if you're not associated with with somebody that has celebrity or yep. somebody that has millions of followers, people may not even patronize your business or they'll mm-hmm. look over you like you don't even exist because you don't have a name. Mm-hmm. And so, so many women who come through my mentorship programs or who were doing daycares or just general business, mm-hmm. you know, people, they were like, well, I have this bomb idea. I have a, a great thing that I'm offering, but nobody mm-hmm. knows who I am. And so I said, well, damn. That's true, because, yeah. you know, even I struggle with that coming up, trying to get my name out there, trying to get my brand out there, yeah. because I don't have any affiliations, mm-hmm. for lack of better words. It's like people don't trust you unless yep. somebody that is somebody uh-huh. trusts you. So I said, okay, well, guess what? They ain't got to trust us. We'll trust each other. Yeah, and so I want to build a coalition of women that can come together and we'll network with each other. You know, one thing I love about the concept is it really shows your heart mm-hmm. because people don't just put together stuff for other people. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Stuff no. ain't free. All right. So I know that you are paying for women to get connected to mm-hmm. each other. And so first of all, round of applause to Miss Sherry J because thank you, thank you. that is not something that people do all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times you're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about how you can get in a room with the the people you want to get in a room with. Mm-hmm. Not let me let my sisters connect, correct? Because I see that they need those connections. Absolutely, I love that you're doing it. Thank you. I Thank love you. that you're doing it. It's important because nobody's doing it, and that's mm-hmm. a part of the problem that nobody's doing it. Mm-hmm. Like very rarely do we want to reach back to those who might be, um, d- just say trying to climb the ladder mm-hmm. in a position that we were once in. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of times people don't even want to reach sideways to mm-hmm. people who are on a like level. It's almost like they're always looking up. Who can help me come yes. up? And not realizing that if the person that's beneath you or even next to you, they might have just one piece of vital information that yep. you could benefit from that yep. could be all. You, know, you don't even need anybody to help you up. You just need the knowledge. Right. Yep. So it's important. And if we did that more, honestly, we would be a lot bigger than we are. A lot further. Mm-hmm. We would be a lot further because a lot of times the missing strategy, the missing piece that we're looking for is probably in our sister That's right. next to us. That's but right. we won't talk to them. Or the other thing that I've seen is that we won't be transparent enough Mm-mm. to tell them what's really going on. Mm-hmm. I really really ain't got no money i really don't know what i'm doing you know what i'm saying like so nobody can help what you faking yep and that's the majority honestly um of women out here Mm -hmm. they are faking and i don't mean that in a judgmental disrespectful type of way but everyone seems to have this fake it till you make it mentality Mm -hmm. not realizing that once you sell your soul and decide that you're gonna be fake yeah it never ends yes it doesn't matter if you get money or if you become successful you always have to be fake because the fake you is who the people fell in love with now they don't care who you really are no they don't they're like what happened what is this right Right? (laughs) and one thing that i heard i heard a quote that says when you start 
are lying, you got to keep lying. So mm-hmm. when you are achieving success, then you can't even celebrate the success because you've been lying so long. Been lying so long. And you got to keep going yep. with the numbers. You got to keep going. It got to be a million. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It got to be two. It got to be ten. So when you did make that million, now you can't even celebrate it because you've been lying you about been it for five about years. You've been lying about it ever. Jesus, have mercy. <laughs> like, Lord, yes. just lean into yourself because mm-hmm. it is easier for you to remember the truth. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm with you on that. But <laughs> unfortunately, that's not the world we yeah. live in. Yeah. So here we here are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, this was not your first vi- business venture. Um, you've been in the game yeah. a minute. So talk to us about this, this child care kingdom you have built. Oh, honey. Listen, I've been doing child care. Well, first and foremost, I had my daughter at 14. Oh, okay. So how I got started into the child care industry was because her father's side of the family, that's mm-hmm. what they did. Oh, so wow. it was one of them things like, well, you done had this baby, so sis, you got to work. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. having her so early and mm-hmm. then had I, my mama didn't have money we didn't grow up with yeah, money yeah, yeah. so it was one of those things where I kind of I had to go to work mm-hmm. and so from there I learned it learned it fast I was 14 you mm-hmm. know getting her up getting her dressed my mama take her to the daycare I'm going to school but when I get out of school I got to get on the martyr bus to go to the daycare because yeah. I got to work yeah then, so after I graduated high school, I who I didn't want to be nowhere near kids. I yeah. wanted to get as far away from kids as possible. So I started into the corporate America world. Okay. And from there, you know, it was cool and I learned a lot of skills, but yeah. I was like, I ain't even made no money doing this. Yeah. Like I'm never gonna be able to give my daughter yeah. the life that I didn't have and that I want her to have. Mm-hmm. Um, working for somebody else. Yeah. And at twenty three. I was twenty three when I started my first daycare. Wow. I stepped out on faith and honestly, literally from the time I made the decision that this is really what I'm going to do, yeah. it didn't stop. It, it, Thanks. and it grew like, I and it's crazy. This. Yeah. I love this. So you started your first daycare. What was some of the mistakes that you made along the way? Child? Spending all the money that was coming in. You got to think like I, daycare yeah. money. Now people don't realize for the new people that are getting into the daycare industry, the mm-hmm. money that y'all making now is, is nothing really? compared to what we used to see back in the day. And really? we get great money now. But back in the day, we were getting it in. So what's the difference? It's you know what it is. It's the game has changed mm-hmm. in terms of what we actually have to do now. So okay. right now, back then, it was really based on are the children happy? Uh-huh. Um, we can come in and we can see what you guys have going on. And as yeah. long as it looks good, it is mm-hmm. good. Now it's a paperwork thing. Uh-huh. Now you have to show and compensate for absolutely everything. It that you do you got to think rents are higher now yeah. food is higher yes. now um quality you know people when you think about it back mm-hmm. in the day it was so easy to get into the game that you could open up a rinky dink center that was so ugly and <laughs> toe up and yeah. people would still look long as you pick them up and uh-huh. drop them off that's all they cared right, about they right, didn't right. care less about anything yeah. but as more quality centers get into the game now you got competition yeah so you are so pretty anyway oh, sorry so now you got competition so you gotta. We have to work harder now. Mm-hmm. And when they come in, it's not just surface; it's yeah. depth. So yeah. in order to match what they're looking for, you gotta spend the money. So whereas back then, a lot of our money that we were making, we were you able keep. to keep. Now they make sure you spend it. You oh, gotta you get security it. systems oh, and much. all kind of stuff. Seriously. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> you know it's so crazy because I think a lot of people don't even think about. It. They don't think about like, oh well, this was like this then, and now it's like this, mm-hmm. but. Dang, now they had they got it easier then than they have it now. Yeah, for sure. We mm-hmm. definitely like now it's literally 
it's just a lot harder. Yeah. So I spent so much money. Like I went from making, and we talking about 15, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I might've been bringing home $2,200 a month, 1100 every two weeks working yeah. at the school system. So within 90 days of mm-hmm. my center opening, I'm bringing in instead of 2,200, I'm at six to eight grand a, oh. a month. Oh, it's up. 23. Yes. You and it's are I'm paying yeah. my staff, yeah. my rent, you know, all of the above. So yeah. back then it was on. <laughs> I'm about All Star, yeah. Super Bowl. Yes. Oh, and you was in Atlanta. Honey, oh, and it was but Atlanta was look back then we had it a lot easier in Atlanta yes. too. Now yes. I don't know what this is, but um, no, I spent majority of the money I was making, mm-hmm. and so um, that was I would say single handedly the biggest mistake that I made was just. Not being used to nothing. Mm. And, I, honey, it was on. I had stuff to do. And yes. I was doing it. So how did you come out of that? Because I, I talk to a lot of CEOs, and I think that's the first step. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's always like, okay, I'm getting the money, I'm getting the money, now I need to spend the money, spend mm-hmm. the money. And sometimes you're not even spending it on the luxury stuff. Mm-hmm. you just like, oh, well, I can't afford to pay somebody $60,000 to do this, mm-hmm. or I can do this, or I can do that. And you realize, you look up at the end of the year, like, who stole my money? Mm-hmm. Like, where's my money? Like, this is a thing. Like, so how did you, how did you come out of that, Sherry Saver? You know what? Honestly, how I came out of it was, I knew that I could make more money mm-hmm. if I spent more money. Mm. So, you know, like investing and doing other stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a risk taker. I'm not a gambler. <laughs> if I go to Vegas, I'm going to sit at that Wheel of Fortune or that 21 table. If $100, <laughs> no, girl, a hundred Listen, if $100 I lose, it's a wrap. So that's it. I, that's it. So I say that to say I had found something that worked for me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, all this money that I'm spending doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Let me open up another center. Right. And so what happened was I couldn't afford, because, I mean, at the end of the day, we still only talking about six to eight grand a month. It's a lot, yeah, yeah, but yeah. in the grand scope of things, it's, it's not, not a lot. lot. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, damn, I can't afford to ball out and grow. So now I got to choose. Do <laughs> choose I want to grow or do it? And I'm right. like, well, if I grow some more, that means I can ball, ball out. some more. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to grow. <laughs> so how I came out of that was, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like once you get that first hit, you like I gotta get. I'm at six, and I was at six to eight thousand profit. My center was full, meaning what I was making, mm-hmm. that's what I was making. I wasn't gonna mm-hmm. make anymore. There was no room to grow. I was yeah. licensed for thirty three children. I had thirty three children, so basically the lifestyle that I had then created and got accustomed to, that was mm-hmm. it. Wasn't no yeah, more money yeah, coming yeah. in. I was at the, the max. The pe- capacity. Yeah, yeah, I was at <laughs> so now I'm like, dang, okay. I got to grow. I got to yeah. figure out. Yes. And that's what made me say, okay, let me scale back, readjust, yes. realign, and then take off again. You know, I love this story. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I, I love that also you started to diversify your income. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. I know you be giving your daughter all the gems. Okay. So she got the cheat code. Yeah, you does. know, I'm okay with it because she a tourist. So. And y'all are rebellious. <laughs> and so she's rebelled. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Clearly. Clear, it's the clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it though. So, what did you started to do? You 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 have three centers now, mm-hmm. okay? So, what did you start to do to start diversifying your income? Because I heard you have a couple of properties. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I have. Honestly, I'm probably worth more in real estate that's mm-hmm. paid off, no mortgages. Oh, than I am serious. in childcare, just because, like, because I started getting money so early, mm-hmm. I got over spending it really, really fast. Yeah. So at 26 now, I, ain't, I don't need. The things that I, you know, that yeah. the normal person would need. So yeah. I began to diversify. 
just by a outside of real estate, I was like, I honestly, and I, I, I say this as humble as possible because mm-hmm. y'all know I'm the most humble, sweet person. Yes. I want to say I probably was the first person in childcare to mm-hmm. start doing classes yeah. and launches and doing like whole commercials and videos and mm-hmm. things like that. So how I started to diversify was I took childcare from being a word of mouth thing okay. into being like a, um, not nec- like a social thing. Okay. Like, dang. This is how childcare is doing. And then right. people wanted to buy into me because I had the lifestyle to match it up. Mm-hmm. I had the smarts. Clearly, I had the knowledge. Right. Only thing people I needed people to do was believe in me. So right. I diversified by doing classes, by doing mentorships, mm-hmm. by doing coaching. Um, and then from there, I was, you know, bringing in the now I'm bringing in the money with the centers. I'm bringing yeah. in the money with the passive income. And now I can, you know, dab into like real estate and yes, things like that. So that's yes. really how it happened. So how did you start to develop your real estate portfolio? Well, honestly, I bought my first center before I even bought my house. So for the longest, like I wanted to buy a house. I really, really did. But my thing was. If I don't own my building mm-hmm. and my landlord, for whatever reason, decides they want me gone, mm-hmm. how am I going to pay for the house that I bought? Mm. So I said, well, I need to solidify my career. Like, First, this yeah. is what brings me money. That house ain't bringing me in no money. Right. I mean, gradually, I might get a little equity right, or maybe right. not. <laughs> but for the most part, yeah. like, my business is my business, but mm-hmm. it's really not my business because... I don't own the building. Right, right, right. I'm renting. I'm renting. Yeah. So I began to get into real estate. I wanted to own my building. Yes. I wanted to for nobody to ever be able to say, damn, she making this much money or mm. she doing this much. Me and my kids could come in here and start a daycare. We're going to go and give her 30-day right. notice. So right. when her lease expires, okay. we're not going to renew it. Yeah. And that was how I did it. I said, okay, I'm going to buy my I'm going to buy my building. I love that. And I love, so, I, and it's so funny because I always tell childcare owners, y'all mm-hmm. be having access to capital every, yeah. like, it's always money coming in. All the cash flow is crazy. I'm like, I need to open me a school or two. The childcare business, honestly, is the closest to the dope game you'll ever get. I'm just keeping, <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. been like a, a secret yeah. mantra in the yeah. childcare Yes, industry. I it's love it. It's the closest it. to the streets yeah. that you'll ever get because mm-hmm. if you ain't got it today, you'll have it tomorrow. tomorrow. You yeah. got the cash. It's coming in quick. It's coming in for yeah. you got you know you in low to moderate income areas so mm-hmm. the government is you know giving you money in for a long time you don't have right. to beg nobody you don't have to chase anybody down Oof. and when you compare it to the streets it's the yeah. same thing yeah you re-up you do what you got well i ain't never been in the streets but i, I said okay if sherry I was, then I, you sherry know jay is telling us well, of the i haven't heard enough future and you know the baby and yeah, you know, they a little book, some a, books here yeah, and there they seem to have a starter code but seriously like y'all don't yeah. watch enough be I mean, okay know, i, I, I can put it together yeah. but seriously like yeah they get money and they get it fast. And mm-hmm. that's what makes it so addictive. Yes. Because they don't ever have to really wonder when their next dollar mm-hmm. is coming in. And so that's where it's so similar to childcare. Yeah. We don't have to guess when our next dollar is coming mm-hmm. in. We know when it's coming in. We know exactly how much. We know how fast we can get it. Yeah. And that's why when a lot of people get in a childcare game, even when they lose the passion for it, they don't get out because they're addicted to it. The You'll money. never find anything else that mm-hmm. can really 
give you the lifestyle, the money, the everything you want if you just follow the blueprint. Listen, I'm I, I hear you because I'm I'm put some money away so I can invest some, in some of these sitters. I don't want to touch the sitters. <laughs> I don't want to see nobody kids. I wipe wipe those stats. Mm-hmm. But I will invest, okay? Yeah. Because yeah. that like I, I I really could see it, and I could see how if somebody was out there like I don't really know where I should go. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that they should look into starting a childcare center? No, no, <laughs> no. And I'll be honest, because okay. it's not one of those things where that you just try out. Mm. It's one of those things where if you know that you have real hustle, mm-hmm. child care, I will tell anybody this, child care is 20% skill, 80% hustle. Yeah. As long as you have the hustle, yeah. then I would say go for it. But okay. if you don't even know enough about yourself to know that I am truly a bona fide hustler yes. and I can go out there and find me 10 kids if yeah, I need to. Yeah. No, don't risk yourself with childcare yeah. because you're going to go in there thinking it's about the knowledge and mm-hmm. thinking it's about the children when it's really not. You have to use that part of your skill once you get them in, mm-hmm. but you got to get them in first. First, first and foremost, <laughs> yeah. we got to get the kids gotta in. You got to get them in. And you know, it's so funny that you say that because I always tell people, I don't care what industry you're in, mm-hmm. marketing comes first. Like, if you don't market to enough people, enough people can't see you, then enough people cannot pay mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. period. So it don't matter how your, your spa looks or your child care center yep. looks or if you got the best curriculum. Yep. If you don't have enough kids butts in seats, yep. then it's not going to matter. It doesn't matter at all. Nope, it's pointless. You know, and I, I love that you said that and leaned into that for your business. Mm-hmm. So you have three centers. Are you looking? Mm-hmm. Are you going to open another one? Uh, well, uh, I'm trying to convince my daughter okay. to do one only because she is in the spa industry and that's mm-hmm. a service-based business, but it is a service-based business that is based on if people decide they want it or not. It's yeah. not a need. Yeah. So I explained to her, even though she's doing great and financially the money is there, mm-hmm. at this point she's 24. So yeah. this was the age when I was, you know, first opening mm-hmm. centers and stuff. So I try to tell her like, hey, this is the age I opened my first center. <laughs> so if I do another one it will be because I want her yeah to have you know the same consistent um guaranteed income and not have to be based on like if a season is up or down right yeah. I love that you and your daughter have a really good relationship mm-hmm. that's my baby oh yeah. so how do you feel like um you coming up as an entrepreneur but mm-hmm. also being a young mom mm-hmm. how did that help or hurt your relationship or do you think it made it better it was the best thing that mm-hmm. ever happened honestly because my daughter opened her first spa at 18. Wow. Like, my daughter has been a licensed esthetician since she was 19 years wow. old. Graduated from Elaine Sterling. Yeah. Um, so, my point is, if I'm 23, that means she's like 8. Yeah, yeah. You got to think, when I'm up at 5.30 getting ready to go mm-hmm. open, she's there. She literally built that business with me. So, oh, I love her that. work ethic... At 24, she just turned 24 years old, is impeccable. She's a morning person because guess what? She's been getting up at 5.30 going to work since Mm -hmm. she was 7 or 8 years old. So back then I felt bad about it. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if we had more of that today, our 20 and 21 and 22 and 23-year-olds would be um, in much better positions. My daughter bought her house before I did. My daughter was a homeowner at 18 years old. Period. So... It helped in so many ways because Mm -hmm. it showed her the value of a dollar. It showed Mm -hmm. her the value of work. It showed her the value of living a life of reality versus being, like, raised 
online or social and things like mm-hmm. that. So it really helped our relationship. Back right. then, I couldn't see it because I was just like, look, I ain't got but one car. I ain't got nobody <laughs> ever pick you up. Yeah, Get yeah, dressed. Yeah. Come on. We're going to go to the daycare. We're going to open up and yes. take you to school. Yes. Oh, girl, I had this Elmo van, and she was in middle school. <laughs> And baby, she used to make me drop her off down that hill. Do you hear what? me? Oh no! Oh, honey. she wasn't playing with you. No, she wasn't playing. So, um, <laughs> but it, it it helped. And then in terms of our personal relationship, um, I still had the time mm-hmm. to be a mother too. You know, yeah. so it was like it allowed us to be able to do things at the ages we were at. That mm-hmm. had I stayed at the school system or stayed in corporate America, we would have never gotten those experiences. So, yes. it, yeah. And so how would you suggest someone else that's in your position to support their child on these entrepreneur endeavors? Because I could say, now, you might see this in the school system, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say it because y'all can't say it because y'all parents. You know what I'm saying? Everybody <laughs> ain't got no talent. You know what I'm saying? They I got some sure. some talent, but mm-hmm. some of the things they be trying to do. They yeah. be like, oh, my baby kid, tape on that iPad real good. I'm like, girl, that is not, they supposed to at this age. Right. They're 12, okay? <laughs> but, like, how do you, how did you know, like, this was her thing and I see it in her and I'm here to support her through it honestly I didn't mm. I kind of was just like what you gonna do yeah because she had in her mind she didn't really want to go to school okay and because I was so successful and I hadn't I, I have an associate's degree in mm. communication and business management at the major but I didn't want to make her go to school because I knew I was successful and I didn't go to school but I was like so what you gonna do mm. Mm-hmm. And oh, you yeah, you need you ain't just gonna sit here and do nothing. And she yeah. don't like daycare. Yeah, she yeah. didn't like. She didn't want to work for me. She wanted to get as far away from kids. So I asked her, and I just was kind of like, "Well, we gonna until you figure it out, we gonna mm-hmm. open you up some, figure it out." Yeah. And so one day she would think, "I think I'm gonna do this." The next day it would be, "I think I want to do this." And mm-hmm. then it started off with body contouring. Okay. And so from there she was like, "I like that." And then once I saw that she was serious and that she was mentally. Mm-hmm able and ready to you know like seriously be there and take it serious right, right, and put right. in a work ethic that's when I knew that she had a, a, a talent for it yes. and she could you excel. know what I also love about y'all's story is that the cheat code really is you believing in yourself because no, if you didn't there was no way that you was going to be able to instill mm-hmm. that into your daughter no way you was even going to be able to give her the leverage mm-hmm. to start her business and a lot of times I, I hear parents I mean I'm 29 what mm-hmm. I know but I'm saying I hear parents that's like I want to do more for my kids I want to give them more I want to do more and I'm like if you would do more right then they could see and you mm-hmm. could be able to give them more leverage absolutely and that's really what it boiled down to and the great thing about it is financially I was in a position to lose for her. Mm-hmm. So it's like if it didn't work out yeah. or if it wasn't the Ooh, thing for beautiful. her to do, mm-hmm. I just I would take the loss. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I knew that she was, I'm a swimmer. Yeah. So she could either do one thing, sink or swim, but yeah. I'm a mama. Yeah. So I know she's going to swim. I'm swim. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to swim. If I got to carry you yeah. on my back, yeah. we, we gonna outside. We're going to get it done. Yes. We are in the ocean. And so it was like, it was no biggie for me because I, was able to take the loss for her in the beginning, which was great because once anything happened that didn't go right, my thing was once you in it, you in it. Yeah. The rest is on you. Yeah. And so even though she didn't have to struggle to come up like with capital to inject and things like mm-hmm. that, once she got in the door, the rest was on, on her. You, yeah. And she had to figure it out. And yes. so she learned that way. So Come on. Well, yeah. listen, why are we talking about figuring out? Okay. okay. We got a segment on the show called oh. Figure It the Fuck Out. Oh, okay. shit. Listen. <laughs> Oh, but shit. Like, listen, as CEOs, we are always figuring it out mm-hmm. every day. Every day. It's always something. So I'm going to pick 
Okay. A scenario. And then you're going to tell us. Oh, let me get, Lord. Let me get deep in here, child. Jesus Christ. The ghetto on really. Y'all think this ghetto CEO. <laughs> I hope I don't give no ghetto ass. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> let's see what you get. Okay. Because you're going to tell us how you will figure this out. Oh, Lord. All right. Oh, we didn't even talk about this, but this is good. It's going to lead us into a segue. You and your significant other are working together. And you don't feel like they're pulling as much weight as you. You want to have a conversation, but you don't want to ruin the relationship. What's next? The relationship is ruined. Oh. Because I'm going to have the conversation. <laughs> yes. But if I had to figure it out, yeah. I would find um, ways around our place of business mm-hmm. to drop subtle but hints. Okay. strong hints. <laughs> So if I know that this person didn't mop the floors, okay. I'm going to make sure every day you come to this building, the floor going to be sticky, nasty, and it's going to be that way until you do it. Yeah. And so I would just find ways to like do it. Tell them, tell them in a way that he has to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not like I'm saying I need you to do, it. I'm just going to put it right there. I'm going to mm-hmm. drop the trash on the floor so that you have to take it out. Yeah. So I would just find ways to make, them do it do without it. them knowing that yeah so. Sherry J said you gonna pick up this trash. oh yeah you gonna do it you yeah. gonna do it okay no, I, no, I love it that's nobody. how you figure it out y'all yeah. that is how you figure it the fuck out now in that segue it talked mm-hmm. about a significant other okay. but we don't see that on the Instagram street yeah. so is Sherry J outside is she having fun Sherry J is having fun right I love now it. I um love I've it. been in a relationship the last seven years okay and um it's just at a point right now where we it's either going to go to the next level or mm-hmm. it's going to totally dissipate. Yes. But I don't feel like being in the relationship mm-hmm. while we figure that part out yeah. is is smart. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. a hell of a woman. Yeah, period. And the Sherry I'm J. Definitely the <laughs> Sherry J. So it's one of them things like, hey, yes, if you don't yes. want Sherry J, you got yeah. to go on your way. Okay, come so, on. Y'all know I got bars too. Don't get it twisted. Uh, listen. So, <laughs> so, yeah, no, but um, so that's. That's the scope. I, but I when when things were great, and when, mm-hmm. I was showing from time to time, yeah. but it's like I don't, you know, I'm real funny in that significant mm-hmm. other area. So y'all will never know when I'm back in yeah. the relationship. More so because when you get women who are are as successful as mm-hmm. I am, everybody wants to credit the success of you to your man. It yep. can't be because you did it. It can't be because yep. you you know worked your way, and you're. It has to be because oh. He did it. Oh, that's yeah. now that's the me. We know they can't bring in that much money. Yeah, yeah. Y'all got to think I got old money. I've been period. doing this for 15 years yeah. and I'm not a, you know, I don't got to be in the be- mm-hmm. latest Chanel bag. Yes. I like me a whip, but yeah. that's really as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. even in that segment, I've always been a little more private mm-hmm. just because I want full credit yeah. for my success. I love I that. Want, yeah, I worked hard for it. I love that. Before love he came. Yeah, listen, share the Sherry yeah. J. You heard what I said. Okay, let yes. them know. Let them mm-hmm. know. But listen, Sherry, this was amazing. But before we go, you know, this is a ghetto CEO podcast. Mm-hmm. So when you think about being a CEO, is ghetto. Mm-hmm. And the things that you've had to learn, the things you have to overcome, mm-hmm. what is the most ghettoest thing that you've ever had to deal with as, as a CEO? Oh, look. I don't almost been in fights. I don't have <laughs> stop fights. Yes. So I would say the most ghetto thing that I've had to learn is how to diffuse mm. situations like being that I cater to low to moderate income areas. Right, right, right. I service low to moderate income clients. Right, right. And 
in dealing with them, you got to be able to, you get what I'm hold saying? Your you got to be able to hold, and they will try yeah. you. It's not as bad as it used to be. Okay. Just because I, I'm more seasoned and I know how I don't, they don't play with me, I don't play with them. Yeah. But back in the day, you got to think I was young too. I was a little girl. Oh, so yeah. I'm 23, 24. Y'all 30 something, uh-huh. and they like, this is a little girl. I ain't coming to get my child to 6 30. <laughs> like, I'm scared, you know. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna but it was I had to learn like yeah. to step my game up. So the most ghetto thing that I had to learn was it doesn't matter who you are, you gotta get on the same level as the mm. person that you're interacting with so yeah. that you can diffuse the situation and stick to your boundaries and your, you know, your your rules. You yeah. know, I love that because you said that in the reference of your business, but mm-hmm. that's through life anyway. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you have to Sometimes you might have to roll a neck and let them know what's up. You know what Listen, I'm saying? And let them know they're not playing with you. Yeah, I'm. you got to. Because a lot of times, because it is a business setting mm-hmm. and it's child care, it's already yeah. a real fine yep. line and it's very yep. touchy. So, I'm with your child. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you have to figure out a way to let them know, listen, I'm here for you, but I'll get with you. Mm, Period. Mm, Listen, and that's it. That's that on that. I'm here for you, but I will get with with you. you. And that is the Sherry J, y'all. Listen. (laughs) The ghetto CEO. Okay. Listen, this was a good conversation, Sherry. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. This was awesome. Yes, I did too, y'all. Listen, if y'all love this episode, make sure you leave a review, comment, let us know. Like, not just on YouTube, y'all. Go over there to Apple Podcasts. You got an iPhone. Go over there to Spotify. Go over there to whatever you listen to podcasts on and leave a review. Leave five stars. Download it. All the things. Because if you want us to keep giving you these CEOs like <laughs> Sherry J, then you got to show us, uh, us some love. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Ghetto CEO Podcast. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye.